Welcome back to another episode of Tuesdays with Mummy, a weekly conversational podcast where I Tejas get together with my mother to chat about the happenings in our lives. Each episode allows us to look back on our life experiences and our differing or similar perspectives on a whole range of topics. Say hello to the crowd, Amma. Hello everyone and thank you for joining us. I'm pretty excited to have our special guest with us today. Like mom said, we're doing things a little differently today with a special episode. We felt that you may be getting bored of hearing our voices, so we thought we'd give you a bit of a break by bringing a guest onto the show. We have with us today Arun Kaluraya, who entered our lives as one of my mother's colleagues but has become a close family friend. Arun uncle has been ever present in my upbringing. My first experience of coffee shop meetups as adults do was with him and conversations with him are usually an opportunity to brainstorm. While I approached some conversations hoping to come out with clarity, Arun uncle usually left me asking more questions of myself, which contrary to popular wisdom, I think is the best way of providing assistance to someone. You're able to add value to their life, but you're never to blame because you don't provide them any answers. I'm only kidding here of course and what I hope you'll get to see through today's episode is how much we cherish our friendship with him. We're really pleased to have you here Arun uncle. Say hello to everyone tuned in. Hey everyone. Hi Kala and hello Tejas. Hey Arun uncle. So I don't know if you remember our first encounter but like I just said I knew you as mom's colleague and we had gone out for a couple of meals including the dominoes at the graphite signal once and we had been to your house in Indranagar a couple of times. uh but in grade 7 sometime mom said i should meet you for a longer conversation and we got together for a hot chocolate coffee at oxford bookstore in the old cosmos mall i remember that conversation being very free and leading to subsequent trips to bookstores and various coffee shops we've done quite a few now in different cities and my first bus ride for the cricket world cup warm up match what struck me in our first interaction is that you treated me like an adult I don't think you treated any of my views irrespective of how narrowly informed they were back then as being lesser than yours and this was despite how broadly you had read uh more than that I think the way that you approached the conversation was always about asking me the questions that got me to think more deeply about why I held these views uh, so I have two questions from this what was your first impression of me and what made you treat a 7th grader's opinions and views with such respect i can't think of any other word for it because it really gave me confidence in expressing myself not only with you but also with others so firstly thanks for reminding me of all the things that we shared over the last few years and it uh, it makes me nostalgic for bangalore for spending time with you guys with kala and you and uh, of course the bookshop talking about i mean all the conversations as well so your first question like your question about the impression well you know actually um i'm i was trying to, i'm trying to remember the first time that i met you and i can't i don't know if you remember and the first couple of years that um, i started interacting with your mom and with your dad at that time your dad was in bangalore mm. i think there were fleeting interactions with you and it was only as you grew up into your 7th 8th 9th that i started interacting with you but i remember you as this smart kid with cute spectacles and i think that has still stayed the same yeah. <laughs> the smartness or the spectacles i think both <laughs> in his case 
it's very rare to retain both things as you grow old but fortunately for you tejas you have managed to retain both the smartness and the cute spectacles bit <laughs> i think that's just because my mom still buys me my spectacles i have no capacity yeah. to choose for myself yeah i think this is way this is the cue for kala to tell you that there are a lot of things that she, you should just leave to her even in the future <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Arun. <laughs> That's a different conversation. <laughs> yeah. But I remember as we started interacting, and um, the one thing that I remember about you is uh, you're very articulate, uh, expressive, intellectually curious, and I think it's a combination. You can't really be articulate without being curious about life, about stuff that happens, and you always had a lot of questions. You are always ready with a viewpoint. and um, that's one thing that i remember even from the school years mm-hmm. and it's a bit of a blur because we kept interacting over time so kind of separating the first few interactions from the last few interactions it's a bit tough but there are uh, like episodic memories of how it was back in school and these are two or three things that i really distinctly remember that even as a kid you had very very strong opinions and you were always kind of asking questions I think after a year, year and a half, your dad uh, ended up going back to Dubai, and I recollect after that, subconsciously or like it wasn't very obvious, but trying to be the man of the house in some ways. And I don't think it was conscious, but it was just like trying to take care of things, trying to help out your mom and so on and so forth. So that was quite remarkable as well because you were quite young at that time. Another distinct thing that I remember about you is a certain competitiveness in you. and possibly this was maybe later into 10th 11th grade uh, uh doing uh, like elections in school possibly also in 11th i remember the a levels and was it physics that yeah, uh, you physics. missed out on a level and i think uh, you decided that dude that's just so unfair and you went back again got the a level and uh I also remember once, like in school, uh, having played basketball with you, and there was a height difference, but uh, you were quite competitive. Let me tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I was. I think I was. I was at this stage in my basketball career where I just jumped for everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But overall, it was. I mean, for me, I loved engaging with you at that time, and uh, it was fun watching you grow up and. Uh, Uh, the interesting thing for me was i was working with your mom on a daily basis so she had a lot of stories uh, to share about you growing up and about uh, her own kind of thoughts in her mind about your future about what you are up to and so on so forth so it was fun engaging with you that with that in context hmm. yeah i think i didn't i didn't she never gave me an insight into into your stories so for me it was a really good opportunity to get to know you when i was when i was meeting you I feel like yeah. the I don't know if the context made it tougher to understand me or easier to understand me as a human, given uh, mom's capacity for storytelling and making up stories also. <laughs> yeah, I think she was sober when she was telling me stories hey. about you. But no, you know, knowing her, she keeps her cards close to her chest, so I'm not surprised that she didn't tell you anything about <laughs> about yeah. me. And it was yeah. only for you to find out. <laughs> but i mean what what was it that made you treat all of these conversations with so much respect in terms of giving me the space to speak or was that something that you like i mean did with all teens because adults in general have this i think and this is something that i'm trying to avoid as i slip into adult territory is uh, this 
sort of we know more because we have lived longer than you attitude that comes out either explicitly mom's very yeah. guilty of it she's putting her hand up right now but <laughs> uh, uh or it comes out very implicitly in terms of forcing your opinion on someone so yeah mom yeah i just wanted to add in here about the respect aspect now you know why the storytelling was important <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I'll give it to Arun to continue. Yeah. So uh, I'm trying to think about it, and uh, I think uh, possibly a, a lot of it is my dad's influence because when I was a kid, uh, I think he treated me with that sort of respect, or uh, he actually indulged me when I was a kid. Uh, the kind of questions that I was asking, he used to respect uh, the kind of questions and answer it almost as if I was an adult. so possibly that was an influence and then i'm thinking about it and um, what are actually like the thoughts that cross my mind when i interact with a new person regardless of let's say age or gender or nationality and so on and i think i very deliberately try to not think of age as a variable uh, in my interactions uh, as it is i think we have a lot of biases in our mind when we interact with people and um, uh the first impressions and it's just human nature i suppose uh we form strong impressions based on accent based on eye contact based on a variety of things and age also is a, a very strong parameter and i think one of the things as when I, i mean although it's very far back and uh mild dementia has already set in but i still remember the time when i was a kid and <laughs> i recollect i had i felt i had a lot of interesting stuff to share uh but uh, very few adults actually engaged with me on my terms so uh again i i think when one is engaging with a kid it's not as if you're having a conversation with an adult you are you are making allowances but still within that limitation you can really have a conversation which is kind of uh an open conversation where you're actually like sincere about listening to the person and so on and i feel what it adds for me is a certain perspective i think um, the world is a complex place and we all believe in our reality uh, and as we grow older we sort of kind of get enmeshed in that reality and we um, there's there's a likelihood of being in an echo chamber where we uh, have friends who believe in that sort of reality and so on and so forth and so um, every time i like i try to kind of go out and seek perspectives or opinions which are different from mine and now again just to kind of think of a metaphor if you're living in a multi story building which is facing a forest someone who's on the ground floor is going to look at the base of the tree and is going to give you an opinion that a tree is like this someone on the third floor is going to look at it very differently and i feel with age it's a bit like that the same incident uh, a kid could describe it in a very different way a teenager could describe it in a different way and an adult is going to describe it in a different way and it just adds to the richness of the description and so um the earlier question where i mentioned that i think you as a kid were very curious very intellectually curious were very articulate the combination meant that conversations with you were very interesting and so it's not as if i would put in that effort with all kids or all adults because it's not often that you meet people who are willing to kind of engage are curious and are are like observant about the world and can express themselves so i think all these factors meant that uh, there was a sort of a connection with you and i enjoyed actually interacting with you yeah, and um, i think absolutely likewise like, there was a there was a very strong sort of um 
I knew that there was always going to be a good conversation when we spoke. Uh, irrespective of where it started and where it ended up, it it never felt like there was a lack of subjects to talk about or a lack of perspective to gain. And I think in a lot of ways, it was conversation with you that got me really interested in human stories. Like at at present, one of the things that I really revel in is reading micro histories and reading about people and people's profiles and um, understanding perspectives about the world. And that sort of seeped in at a very young age because of those conversations. But something that I want to ask you about now is... Uh, Actually, uh, Tejas, can I ask you a question? Yeah, sure, of course. About, uh, uh, like, uh, because you asked me about whether I do it with all all kids or all teenagers and so on. Yeah. And I'm assuming that you make an effort as well to engage with people irrespective of whatever, like gender, age and so on. Yeah. But do you find it tough with any certain profile of person? My like mother. The gender? <laughs> <laughs> there, there are exceptions. <laughs> no, but... Uh, do I find? I'm it? assuming. I'm assuming your mom is going to have the same answer when I ask her. Yeah, so. yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, she finds it tough to interact with herself, so she's also going to say her. <laughs> <laughs> I think. <laughs> I'm glad you took that as well. I yeah, left yeah. it open for you to take it up. No, so. no, I'm a. I interpret things only this way. So. <laughs> no, but is it is it tough for me to interact with a particular demographic? I don't think so. But is it difficult? I think I find it really difficult to interact with people who don't give to conversation because um, otherwise it becomes a very like a monologue to speak to someone. I think yeah, like good conversations are based around two people interacting with each other. And I think that there is a way of engaging uh, rather than just giving people information one way. So even when you're telling, you know, the juiciest gossip story in town, you could make it you could tell that story in a very engaging way or you could say it as though you've read it off page 3 of the newspaper and i think that i find it tougher to interact with people who just give me nuggets of information vis-a-vis you know actually going that step further to give context to that information or at least supplant it with a question to give me something to go off of so that yeah i think th- that's how i feel about it uh, mom what yeah. about you yeah not not in general i think i'm easy going with everyone and i treat everyone with equal amount of respect <laughs> yeah because you to know nothing so you're like yeah everybody also knows nothing the same as but kala kala how how do you engage with kids and with like let's say very old people and so on do you do you engage with them the same way that you would engage with a friend from college or do you make allowances or uh, i don't yeah so i don't make allowances but um, you know my rapport with uh, children and with uh, senior citizens in particular i really enjoy uh, interacting interacting with them uh, because with the children they have so much of innocence and whatever they say um, takes me back to my own childhood so i love uh being with them and talking to them and hearing to them and uh actually listening to what they have to say and it's the same with the seniors uh, old age also because they have traveled this path before and each person has his own journey and they have so much to share so uh you know interacting with them gives me uh, quite an amount of joy um but the 
topics that I would be talking with them would be different. Uh, somebody from uh, my age group or somebody from a, a college would definitely uh, be on a more uh, uh, type of uh, the current apprehensiveness or the current concerns or something that we uh, all of us share. Do you think it would be more personal to speak to someone from your age group versus like a teenager? Like, would it put the conversation, like, would you be more open to sharing personal experiences with them? Um, not actually. I okay. don't think I would be uh, judgmental. I think I would go with the situation and the subject, what we are talking about. So I would be comfortable uh, talking about it, even with a teenager, as long as I don't start patronizing them, mm. somebody who is younger to me, uh, I make a conscious effort in not doing so, yeah. having uh, been with you for so long. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. So Kala, do you have a friend who is less than 25 years in age? Um, yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it, it, I think it took her a couple of seconds because I don't think she thinks about age that way, given that yeah. she, because she does her shopping at like the uh, six to 10 year group of most fashion places. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, no, not like that. I mean, I don't. Yeah, sorry, uh, but I don't think I've ever considered age as a friend when I reach out to people. Mm. And I've been yeah. very fortunate that over the years I've got so many opportunities to interact with so many. Even now, the current one that I'm engaged in with the uh, Vipassana, we come across all students from 18 years to 80 years. Yeah. And I talk to them with the same amount yeah, of enthusiasm yeah, yeah. and the energy. And I just love interacting with them. So yeah, it- yeah. actually, uh, since we're on about this topic, I just have like, actually, uh, earlier I was mentioning about the things in terms of a conversation, like someone who has a perspective, someone who's engaging and curious and so on. But one thing I wanted to mention Kala, about you is uh, being a good sport because uh, having a sense of humor and being a good sport because that's like for a, for a friendship to develop, uh, that's one of the things that's like an absolute necessity, I think. And that's something that you have um, in bucketfuls. So, uh, because even uh, with the ribbing, like it, I'm sure Tejas uh, has a sharp tongue right now and he gets to use it on you mostly. <laughs> so, and uh, I'm sure like, and I remember back in Bangalore as well, you were a very, very good sport because uh uh, indulging in that sort of thing and moving on so it's all it's all trial by fire or an uncle it was like so <laughs> if she was a good sport at work right like she i really bore the brunt of it at home because she was she used to bully me a lot and <laughs> i think well, it was only you know i think it was after about 10th grade where i was like no more i will well, stand up for myself unless there's video evidence i refuse to believe that <laughs> <laughs> there's there's so much video evidence in fact it's the video itself that's proof of the fact that there was bullying i would never consciously agree to be in a video of any kind otherwise so well. <laughs> but yeah uh but i want to take this now to you know something that um that you really impressed on me after a couple of our early conversations so you were quite uh, taken aback by the fact that i hadn't been on a public bus like public transport and i was yeah, in I was in general very wary of like this was about two years into after I had moved back to India. So my image of India was still one that was very developing. It was very nascent. I still held on to a lot of the biases from my childhood of, you know, mosquitoes everywhere and lots of dirt and 
stuff like that and i think it was it was only after a certain point that i started to see india for what it was and you were very uh forceful in the fact that public transport was one of those things that would allow me to see more of the city and uh, i know i spoke to you like i mean i spoke to you about taking the bus and then it was for the cricket world cup match that we ultimately decided that i should get onto the bus and go and you picked me up at a coffee shop there and then we went for a match but i was you know i was very hesitant until i got to my destination i don't know i can't recollect exactly what made me so hesitant and i can't recollect why the bus wasn't a part of my life earlier because after that it became a part of my week in the sense that i used to take three buses every weekend twice like for for about two years and even when i was in bangalore after that for internships i was just on the bus or on the metro all the time um so i remember you saying that one of your inspirations was because you used to leave your nephew in different parts of pune to see how he made his way back home and i succumbed to that but does public transport define a city experience for you is it something that um do you think that it provides perspective like conversations do to a city in a way that no other mode of transport can uh actually uh, like it's a, an interesting question so i mean the first part of it which is about pushing you to kind of consider public transport uh i'm trying to think back to that time and i recollect after getting to bangalore you were in a bit of a bubble uh yeah. in a gated community going out in a chauffeur driven car in an international school and um, with all its sort of like pros and cons where uh, there's certain uh, sort of demographic that sends kids to international school so you are getting a perspective of the country uh, that was very specific very narrow is the sense i got and um, because it was that sort of bubble and as a kid uh, when you are in a bubble I, i mean the fact that when i used to engage with you when i used to talk with you there was a lot of curiosity and um, i felt that uh, exposing you to like other layers in the city uh, would be enriching now it just so happened that it was public transport if it had not been public transport maybe i would have thought of something else that i would have fed you where you would have kind of gotten deeper into the city into the layers of the city Uh, but fortunately with public transport it so like i was also using the bus and it was just convenient and i thought maybe for a lark i should just take you in a bus so that that was the genesis of the idea but um and about public transport um i know you've been using it much more than i have ever used in life and i'm really proud of you and uh, uh my sense is actually the way you experience a city any city and its components like the people the suburbs and so on uh public transport gives you a special eye or a special window into the city i mean uh, if you re- remember in bangalore the bus that used to go from marathalli into the center of the city used to pass the hl airport and in a car the boundary walls of the airport are like around 8 feet you'd never yeah. get a sense for what was on the other side of the boundary wall but inside the bus there was this completely cool world on the other side with a lot of planes a lot of helicopters and just like you get a or like a sense for the spaces that a city has which you didn't have earlier the same with people like inside a bus uh, you like in bangalore especially because the volvo buses are very interesting like kind of mini labs where you get to see people reading books so you're curious and you 
you try to see what kind of book a person is reading you get to see like couples flirting you get to see like uh, old people trying to find a seat and they're crowded buses and you get to see human beings kind of being nice to each other sometimes being nasty to each other and uh, it's just a story each bus ride is like a narrative or a story and uh, uh, it's it's kind of interesting just to be part of that and be part of the city and i think long term for a city it encourages uh, civic mindedness if because a bus kind of equalizes all citizens because yeah. uh, everyone is in the same environment uh, going through the same pain enjoying the same thing and so it doesn't matter how wealthy you are what your background is where you're coming from where you're going and so on everyone for that period of time is in that bus and so i just feel it like it causes people to think more equally and encourages civic mindedness but yeah. those are like more profound reasons but fundamentally just the joy of being in a bus and seeing the world yeah cuz i think you know like that that caught on really fast uh i don't think i mean i got to a point where a couple of my friends in my third year of law school were writing dissertations on public transport in bangalore and i i mean through that i had the opportunity to just read about public transport and buses again and the way that you know the road networks in bangalore developed and i think that my understanding of of the city like you said came out of that at first i wouldn't have for example taken the metro if i hadn't already experienced the bus i feel like i would have been more hesitant and even with the metro understanding its purpose understanding why so much construction was worth it so much like so much delay was worth it i feel like i would have been in a very bad position to understand that trade off without that lived experience yeah but in addition actually, yeah no no go on no go ahead in the i remember in the initial uh, few years right your hesitation part of it also i think had to do with uh, the fact that uh, uh, after your dad left, uh, like went back to dubai your mom was a bit tentative about the boundaries for you in terms of what's okay what's not okay what's safe what's not safe and i think she was also kind of just trying to figure out when to kind of uh, expose you to certain aspects of city life and so on so uh, i think that kind of explains the initial tentativeness possibly but i think after that you took to it like a fish to water yeah it did encourage me a lot uh, like you r- uh, rightly mentioned arun i wasn't very sure about the safety aspect of it uh, whether he would be able to travel alone uh, in the bus but i think uh, your timely presence and gave us the confidence um, the fact that you took him to that match um it was uh, quite a eventful one and i have a very uh, sweet memory of, about that so when tejas came back from match and when i asked him how it was he said we got so bored we start we were playing angry birds so and i had no clue what this angry birds were i had i did not know that it was a video game i genuinely believed that both of you were making angry faces to each other like birds scowling and making sounds you know so that was when i got <laughs> yeah, we are, we are both capable of that though <laughs> that's yeah exactly it's not it's not like too far off from what we would have done it was just that there was this horribly boring 10 overs that was happening and nobody like amongst the group knew what to do so we were playing angry birds on the phone so yeah. it was yeah. yeah but but i think you know like the other the other thing in terms of confidence is that at some point you realize i mean as a kannadiga in bangalore the advantage is just that you know the language 
and uh, i think this is true for all for all uh, places you visit using public transport encourages you to pick up at least a couple of phrases in the local language wherever you are so at minimum your first interaction with a local can be in the local language i know i did when i was in gujarat at least like i picked up at least how to ask to be taken to a particular place um in gujarati and that was that was enough for me to get by 5 years even if i didn't learn the rest of it so yeah you know i i like actually like just to take this further in the last um, 8 or 10 years like while you have been in india uh it's been fun to watch you actually um dig deeper uh understand the country and possibly like more than uh, most kids your age i like firstly read up about stuff the history and so on but also i remember your internships you made an effort to go to different cities and uh, it could have been easy for you to just take soft internships in places where you had a sort of a pad or some friends or family and so on but uh, both in delhi and in bombay uh, the internships that you had it required a certain amount of personal sacrifice and i think i remember talking to you before you actually took up those offers while there was a professional learning involved but there was also an aspect of getting under the skin of the country trying to spend time in some of the bigger cities uh, understanding the culture and uh, it's been fun to watch you navigate those waters i think over the last 8 10 years yeah it's it's been really fun to traverse those waters like reading i mean reading the last mughal in like william dalrymple's the last mughal yeah, in yeah. delhi after picking it up at darya ganj is not an experience that you can replicate anywhere <laughs> or yeah. you know uh, standing on a mumbai local and trying to get your way back to dadar late at night is also not something you can replicate anywhere falling asleep on the local is also not a replicable experience That's the end of part 1 of this conversation with Arun Kalaraya. Thank you very much for tuning in. Part 2 will be out next week on Tuesdays with Mummy and we hope you're looking forward to that as much as we enjoyed recording this episode with him. Take care and we'll see you next week. This podcast will be out wherever you like to listen to podcasts whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts or YouTube. Goodbye.